Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave. And welcome to the Love of Cinema, a part in which we'll challenge one another. Do you cough during my intro? <laughs> Why did you just pick this time to choke? We've been talking for 20 minutes. I had a sip of the whiskey. Sorry, Welcome, you keep going. welcome back to the Love of Cinema pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss <laughs> movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. That's right. And to avoid lazy negativity, we're making this here a drinking game. Well, the drinking... There it is. Beer went <laughs> everywhere. I don't know whether you saw that, but yes, it a went A drinking everywhere. game of sorts. It's really a gimmick, people. Anytime we say anything negative at all about this film, about each other, about our co-host, John, you're going to hear this sound. Mm. That sound means we have to take a drink, and we hope you drink along with us at home. So pour yourself a glass as we uh, do the customary obligatory start-off shot. Pre-show shot. Oh, that hit oh, hard every time. That was definitely a double shot. It's not that was a lot. You get, with these these shots that we've introduced, have you, are you getting a, a, like an, another round feeling where it's like <laughs> it was all going well and then we've escalated and it's just not going to go well? One <laughs> of us is going to be like naked running down the tar, like the river or something. It's like. <laughs> so people new to our podcast, another round was one of our favorite movies of 2021 starring Mads Mikkelsen where him and his uh, Danish friends decided to be functional alcoholics while they were school teachers and their teaching actually improved. Yeah, like real bit. school teachers. <laughs> Just like real school <laughs> teachers. You have. <laughs> All right. If you're new to the podcast, we're going to try to keep it spoiler free for a couple minutes or so. Um, if you're not new to the podcast, you know, we don't have John. Dave, do you have the button? Uh, I don't. <laughs> it's not okay. on this panel. <laughs> Damn, it's okay. Fuck you, John. Didn't see the movie in time. Told us like two hours ago. And because of that, he's on the West Coast. Dave and I, it's so great knowing he's not going to listen to this because we can say whatever the fuck we want. Hey, John. Get, hey, Dave, guess what? John's not here. You know what that means? What? We get say this week. We get to actually talk. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a shorter episode still, though. Yes. <laughs> um, so I forget what I was saying. We um, we Oh. Nope, I lost it. We have spot. We have sponsors. Uh, Dasein. Dasein. On Spotify D A D I. I just spelled it wrong. D A S E I N. That is German for the one. Dasein. The artist is on Spotify. He's released new music for the first time in so 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 long. Please go on our page and all. They've set up the link tree. It's in your show notes. People yeah, click it. Incidentally, just just so everyone knows, if you like the intro track and the outro track that we use on this show, that track is an hour long. There is so much more. Oh yeah. And mine it and talk to us, reach out to him yeah. because we've, we've used that for student films. <laughs> we use it for our podcast episode. <laughs> Dustin wants to share. He's like Radiohead and those other artists that, Oh, um, I just saw, you know, killer Mike. I don't know if you know who killer Mike is. He's in this band called run the jewels or a hip hop group. And um, all their music they always release for free. Dustin is the artist of the people, people Dustin, the artist, find him in our link tree. He's the best. And then Carlos Barozzo, is still somehow our beer sponsor. <laughs> it's now it's just out of love. <laughs> now it's out of love. We love you, Carlos. Um, okay, so we're gonna try to keep it spoiler free for a few minutes here. This is Emily the Criminal that we're gonna be talking about today, the new Aubrey Plaza film. But before we get into Emily, Emily the Criminal, Dave, do you have any gripes this week that you want to get off your chest? You know, I I really don't. Apart from some like curious, um, like. You know how in like some of the seats that you book, like they have the handicap spot in the uh, yeah, it's disabled now. I don't, I'm not sure what it's supposed to say now, but um, anyway, in uh, Cinema Five where I went this time, I got in the, I got down the low numbers this time, 
And nice. for some reason, they've wedged that spot in amongst the seats in the front three rows where the theater flattens out. So this poor guy who was extremely tall was in there watching the film and you could his head was like a comical cutout in the bottom of the screen. I'm like, you, you couldn't have picked a better placement like in like the, where they normally put it. But for some reason, yeah, they, they chopped the seats out of the front. Wait, wait, this is Cinema 5 at Times Square? Yeah. It was the most ah. curious position ever. I mean, don't get me wrong. He had a great seat. It was like row three. <laughs> that screen was huge. We love that. We love that. Um, I saw this at uh, Lincoln Square, of course, and um, I haven't been in the basement in a while. I thought this was going to be a basement oh. show. It's where they, they bury the, uh, they usually put the indie films down there. And uh, I'm oh, not when you got marketing time. money, they don't. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I don't have any gripes either this week, I don't think, except uh, Pennsylvania drivers. I have a gripe against all of you. <laughs> That's it. Yep. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'll, drink, yeah. I'll drink anyway on behalf of just the ball. I let that settle in. Wait, I have, I have, a, I have a gripe. That was for you I, and Pennsylvania drivers. I have a gripe that has nothing to do with this, but um, I was using Waze. And on Waze, I wanted to get Starbucks really quickly. I like supporting local coffee places, but I also have a lot of gift cards that I have to use. And it said, order from this Starbucks, which was the closest one. And I said, sure. So I ordered ahead. And then it didn't go back to give me navigation to that Starbucks. So when I went back, it had reshuffled the Starbucks. And the top Starbucks was a different Starbucks. So I showed up at a different one in a completely different town than the one that I had ordered from. In, yeah, so it cost me $20 instead of yeah. 10 to get a fucking wrap and a coffee. Get the fuck out of here. Ways and Starbucks. That's my only gripe. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, where are you? I'm in Maine. That's where it told me to go. Makes you want to, <laughs> makes you want to commit some crimes, just like Emily the criminal. Yeah, right, Dave, nice, nice, nice round back. Yeah, that Dave, was good. You know, I'm going to tell you and all of our fans listening. I shouldn't say fans. It sounds we, our friends, our friends listening, because yes. uh, just so you know, friends. Yeah, we have. You might one, not know this yet. We have but, like one fan, and they're a bit creepy. <laughs> we have more listeners than that for sure. But um, <laughs> everybody's our friend, and they know that. Because Everyone's wondering, is it them now? <laughs> As soon as they reach out to us, within a day we respond because that's what we do when you're growing a podcast. Uh huh. So unless you're, um, reach out unless to you're us. a dick, and then we respond straight away. Then we we don't wait at all. <laughs> so, but and like I, like I said last week when John was talking about Vengeance, the new BJ Novak movie, he got a little negative in there. So I said, if you don't like what John's saying. You should definitely reach out to us because we will just agree with you. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's so easy. It's so fun. It's to talk about a other other podcasts pretend like the other person's not there, and that's totally normal and fine. But I like to lean into the fact that he's not here today. Now, you know why I'm excited to talk about this movie here, Emily the Criminal, with you, Dave. Why? So when we saw Thor: Love and Love and Thunder, uh-huh. when we saw Thor: Love and Thunder. You said something really interesting to me, which is. I'm paraphrasing, I'm paraphrasing your words, which Good is luck. you were like, you, you were basically saying, what's going on with Marvel? And your biggest thing was like, I think what's wrong with Marvel is the fact that our podcast is making you see all of these indie films that have really good stories and they're well-meaning and well well put together and crafted and they're so simple, but like it's so compelling. And these little fucking indie movies, when you see something like Thor, Love and Thunder, or we also saw The Gray Man, and you see that the structure is such garbage and you're like, it's so, it's just too bad because there's good talent that's being wasted on a script that clearly is problematic. And so I love that we made you see another indie movie that I have a, <laughs> I just have a feeling 
you might like better than all of these big budget. I mean, you love Sandman. You saw the Sandman. Yep. You loved Prey. But nope, we're talking on the podcast about another little indie movie where there's no special effect shots that you could talk about. Or if there oh, are, that you could see. Yeah. None that you could see, which is great. You've done that before. Invisible effects. You, it's, it's your bread and butter. You painted somebody out of a windshield and you get no love for it, but yeah. damn it, you I spent your time. I remember the whole sound guy once. <laughs> <laughs> dude That's, was just in got, there it's like you got paid more to take that sound guy out of a shot than that sound guy got paid to capture the sound <laughs> just about so funny that was actually that it was actually it was actually funny because he was uh he was in the reflection of the window so i had to rebuild what was behind the window and then rebuild the, <laughs> the front with the window in a you know like clean plate shot so it was actually really fucking complicated to get rid of that guy and Thanks it was a moving people. shot as well so it was uh motion track and just to remind you, when these people with these handheld shots, they they have special effects people come in and, and slap them. They slap yeah. them and they go, God damn it. <laughs> we know you don't have any money, but come on. So anyway, I like that this movie, Emily the Criminal, is 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 playing right into your narrative, Dave. Of these little these should be the Oscar movies. They're, it's not, they're never the Oscar movies, but these are this is what the Oscars should yeah, be. Is the little movies that Oscar. could that need some extra help. They can't afford an Oscar. Buzz yourself for that, you fucking okay. So I'm going to end up putting you on the spot first, but let's give the pitch for anybody that um, is still a little unfamiliar with, with Emily, the criminal here, uh, um, which hopefully will continue to get some life after this. I believe it's still in limited release uh, at this, the time of this recording here in no, I, August. I think it's full now actually. Cause right, well, they, it's not they doing skipped, well enough people. Yeah, they skipped limited and went straight to full cause they had a little bit of money behind them. All right. Well, I just saw $688,000. So hopefully that number is old because that is not enough. Yeah, for this that's, movie. that's bad. 668,000 for a wide release is no good. And the means that they're going to pull it and throw it on demand soon, but whatever. So Emily, the criminal, the Aubrey Plaza movie here. So um, this is written and directed by John Patton Ford, which is a name that sounded familiar to me, but I really don't know his other work. He, there, he, there isn't any, this is his first feature. He's, he did a short he, before this. Yeah, but he did a short in 2010. So he must have been doing something in the past 12 years besides begging people to make his next movie. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to eat. But anyway, that's <laughs> John mean, Patton for it. Doesn't every director have a side hustle when they start? Um, yeah, I've just, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, hopefully more comes out about that soon. Um, this is starring people, names you might not know, like Jonathan, actually it might be Jonathan, but Jonathan Avigdori. Bernardo Badillo and Theo Rossi plays Youssef, who's probably the most prominent um, secondary mm-hmm. character in this film. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Aubrey Plaza as the lead. She's in almost every shot in the movie. And the IMDb description here is down on her luck and saddled with debt. Emily gets involved in a credit card scam that pulls her into the criminal underworlds of Los Angeles. Not the words I would choose ultimately leading to deadly consequences. Also not the words I would choose, but you can tell these marketing, these marketing people want you to get to the movie. Yeah. A, a person who's riddled with student debt chooses cri- criminal activity. So there you go. Dave, I just realized I'm not recording on Logic. Are you okay to do the Zoom thing? Uh, your Zoom has been really crappy. So Is that true? Can, yeah, start recording, uh, start recording on Logic now while we, while we talk about this. <laughs> Such a fucking amateur. Okay. <laughs> Dave, I've got the first thing on God, the first thing on my recording is I'm such a fucking amateur. Um, Dave. Yes. Sorry for all the extra work that I'm making you do today. It's Emily normal. the criminal. Initial, initial takeaways. Spoiler free. What do you think? 
I would think my first impression of this is if you're ever watching a Coen Brothers film and you thought, why are there so many jokes? This is a film for you. I would buzz you if I had a buzzer. So go ahead and do it. No, no, it's, it's, that's actually a compliment. It's, it's like, you know how Coen Brothers put people in these like ridiculous situations and the characters are humorous and they make these increasingly bad decisions. This is that without the humor part. This is brutal. It is like, it's literally high drama, but she just keeps making an increasingly like an increasing series of bad decisions. And it reminded me of a Cohen film. I think I see. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. Well, you don't have to keep harping on that, but yeah, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Um, basically it's, it's a, it's a slow, but scathing indictment of society that will literally resonate with anyone who has like, who's gone to university and still paying for it or is trying to get a job with a blotch on their permanent record. Cause she's unfortunate enough to have both. And they yeah. really don't pull the punches in what, like American society does to people who have these issues. Yeah. So, so you're you, a big takeaway early on is definitely the, the social commentary aspect of this. Like, yeah, but the, but the actual film, the actual, rather than stylizing they, it they like other directors. Actual, do. Yeah. They, they actually, yeah, it's, it's gritty. It's gritty as fuck. Um, like you're down on the ground, the camera, even like with the camera work, it feels like you're down on the ground with her. Like when she's at the job, they come in close and everything's like, really in your face and like you feel pressured almost yeah and it's you you get the feeling of what she kind of feels like and you you understand when she goes down this road do you ever see this is such a niche thing hopefully those listening have seen this film but a couple maybe like 10 years ago now maybe maybe less maybe eight years ago marion cotillard was either nominated for an oscar or she was like in serious contention for this movie that was a french film called like three days two nights where she was about to be laid off and she needed to rally up all of her coworkers for some reason. It was almost like a unionization effort, but like it was basically just her going from employee, employee, employee. Um, it was something along the lines like she was going to be fired so that everybody else can get a raise. And she was basically asking them, like, can we all just agree to take a 5% paycheck so that nobody would lose their job? And it was like convincing. It was really, I don't know. Anyway, this movie was mm. like that, but with death. But with like worse, like deadly consequences. It had this weird indie feel, but at the same time, it's actually being kind of marketed as a thriller. And I think that is apt for this. I think that is an interesting this, thing. To I would going. say this from about halfway through Act Two. Yeah, um, at the beginning, it's not. You get to know her, and you they ease into that situation. But yeah, from from I want to say her second outing. Yeah, as a like, she pulls a job as a dummy shopper. Yeah. Um, which if anyone doesn't, doesn't know what that is, it's a person who goes into stores with stolen credit cards, buys the gear and hands it off to someone else. Yeah. Um, and the people, uh, apparently make whole careers out of this and yeah, her second dummy shop goes epically wrong. Um, and it's, it's from that point where the film film really finds its legs and you're in it's a, it's like, this is, this is at some point, this is just going to really go bad. Yeah. And then from that point on, it proceeds to like bounce between maybe it's going to be good maybe it's going to be bad they really keep you hanging right to the end so so we're giving this thumbs up for sure yeah so i, I would definitely give this a thumbs up me too like it's 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 worth a look it's not going to be for everyone i can tell you that some people are going to be going what the fuck am i watching well like well, it's, it's, i want to i want to talk about that right away because this is definitely one of those kind of indie-ish movies where we've said many times on this podcast that should have been a tv show and we've said many times before where it's like um Maybe they 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 wanted it to be a movie too bad, so they sacrificed story that TV is as as not let they don't let movies get away with that anymore. There's too much good TV for movies to 
use visual effects as a way of overcoming bad story. You know, this is so specific in that weird indie niche. Like it, it, it is, it is better than your average indie movie. Obviously this is a good indie film, but it has that yeah. feel it's handheld. It follows a single character. It, it, as we were saying about the special effects, it almost looks like there's no lighting, no sound, no, no nothing. It almost looks like it's just like people walking around with the camera following her to the point where you don't even remember the camera. You just think you're following this person for a while. So that to what you're saying, like this isn't for anybody. I feel like that you styled, do. Yeah. That style does shift subtly. They do go to, to a couple. There's a couple of trackers in there, like tracking shots and stuff. Oh, great! But yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of it when she's go, but you don't notice. That's the thing. You forget the camera's there, which is exactly what they're meant to do. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's it's fascinating, and I wonder if movies like this, it's so hard to pull off. I feel like every movie wants to be this, you know. So in many ways, I feel like this is at the top of the hill. Like I hope this ends up winning like those Gotham awards and those like indie darling kind of awards because when it goes to TV, I hope people have the patience for it. Because I think the, the benefit that it has from you and I is that we had to sit there. We were in the theater. We sat down. We went through the trailers the same way we would for yep. any movie. We saw the Nicole Kidman fucking AMC trailer. And then the lights dimmed after the thing ended. Dis- <laughs> it's been disparaging Nicole. <laughs> it's been a year now. Um, and then if we finally get through all of that shit. And then we we sit there and the movie's slow. There's some parts where it's just like her in her room getting changed, getting ready for the mm. day, which seems mundane, but you it's it's all part of the grand plan. And I feel like they uh, yeah, it's, I I do like like um, let's talk about Aubrey Plaza for a second because you have to. There are yeah. there are some scenes there where she is having a really fucking hard time, and they just hang on her and let her have that hard time, and they hang on her just to the point where you're like, they've hung on her too long, and boom. Like it's right at that point where you just start to think about it and then she moves and she goes. And usually after one of those hanging things, the a lot of the action kicks in in the, the cinematography because she's sat there and she got mad. We're still kind of in and, spoiler free, but do you have an example of that? Um, not without spoilers. No, not really. Um, okay, it's fine. Although the initial job interview, they just hang on her taking in what's been said to her. And then she reacts. And from that point on, the camera is definitely very agile. I think, I think that's it. So they, that's, that's, they that's the rub as uh, Bill Shakespeare would say, can you buzz me? That was so douchey. Like, can you just go ahead? Yeah. Thank you. Gladly. My buzzer doesn't work either. Not my best uh, podcast day here. Um, <laughs> that's okay. John didn't even show up. That's, that's, that's what we, that's what <laughs> a lot of indie movies have so much to say. What this does so well is this writer-director, who I don't know very well, so forgive me if it seemed like I was disparaging him early on, he figured out the way to convey that we, the audience, who don't exist when they're filming this movie, they don't exist. You have to imagine them or make them up. You don't know how it's going to be edited, but we have to be asking ourselves subconsciously, not on the front of our conscious, but subconsciously, what would we do in this situation? That's the only way this whole student debt yeah. thing works is if we sit there and we we go, well, how much student debt would it take for me to start committing credit card thought, fraud? Would I leave that room? Would I go back for the second job? You know, we have to start asking ourselves those. And I think that is the key because the, I think the movie pulls all of that off really well. Regardless of the mm. choice, I completely understand, like regardless of whether or not it's a yes or no, blue pill, red pill. When she makes the choice, you completely understand why, because we've had the time as the audience to process yeah. it from her so point this, of view. This is definitely very character driven. 
Which is why you have, like the, you have to talk about Aubrey like right at the top. And I, I wonder, I wonder, and I almost hope this was the case, but when they were directing those shots where she's holding, he was like, all right, you're going to hold, and then I just want you to go. Yeah. And to the, to the cinematographer, it's like, she's going to go, whatever she, wherever she goes, just go with her. Yeah. And I'd just leave that open. That, I, that's what it felt like, and that is such a... A really good thing to hand a character. I really hope that's what it was because that's what it bloody felt like. All right. And before we go to spoilers, how good was Aubrey Plaza in this movie? Yeah, she's, I mean, she's always good, but yes. She, I, I love her good, in Legion. She's always... I saw the first season of Legion and she was good. Yeah, but she's always weird because that's her niche and she's embraced that forever. Like, obviously, the Parks and uh-huh. Rec stuff. But in Parks and Rec, I feel like she would, like, laugh and smile and people would be questioning whether or not she's breaking... But I think she actually does get it. She actually does understand mm. when she's breaking and when she's embracing the characters, yeah. you know, going through. That was her little things. bit of like the, the facade is the the main face. This is there's actually a real person underneath it. That was yeah. yeah I, this is her that's stripped what I down. Got from that. This is her stripped down. I, I think yeah. This is this is a really good performance. The accent is is noticeable but subtle. It, it doesn't consume her character. I, I thought this was really really class, real like good class work from her she didn't put it on too yeah. much she did just it was just right in the sweet spot i thought it was great i'm going to talk about the ending a little bit later too because uh they, they do a very interesting thing with the end of this film yeah yes for sure i would love to talk about that a little more but um that's your, that's your hook people that's your hook you got to come back now i think we have to leave people wanting more if they haven't seen it yet if if our audio yeah. and <laughs> if my audio <laughs> hasn't screwed them up until this point but we give this thumbs up and, and go it's this isn't just like one of those other movies where it's like, oh, it's a thinker. It's going to leave you thinking this. Like, I think you will get the full experience and you don't have to think anything afterwards. This, yeah, I don't know if you'd call this a thinker. This is more a, oh my God, don't. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. You've done that. What's going to happen now? It's, it's, they don't ask you to think too much. It's, it's a series of choices and that this character makes. And you're like, what's the next choice? How are you going to get out of this? Yes. What like, am I? How is this going to be resolved? What, this choice you've made or this situation you've put yourself in? Yeah, and that's the compelling part for me with, with, with this film. One of my favorite anecdotes of all time was um, Adam. It's not really an anecdote, but Adam Sandler got a call from Daniel Day Lewis. I guess they're friends because of the Paul Thomas Anderson connection. Actually, they are because Adam Sandler said that. And after Daniel Day Lewis saw Uncut Gems, which is after he had retired, Adam Sandler answers the phone, and Daniel Day Lewis said, "I saw your movie in the theaters, and I was grabbing the seat in front of me the whole movie, and I had to bury my head sometimes because I was like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it.'" <laughs> and, and Adam Sandler said that was like the best compliment because it means that it was a visceral experience. I don't know if mm. this has quite that level of of i don't know if it has quite that threshold this might have a couple extra moments of like letting you sit and simmer with thought and it it doesn't yeah, quite get I mean, to they, like that they but. can't leave you on the edge for that long but like this you know, this reminded me of walter white in breaking bad yeah but condensed like, quicker he's, like he's yeah condensed and quicker but like in every season it looks like walter's gonna make it he's gonna turn away from this he's gonna do something and then he just makes the the wrong call and goes down the path again you're like Dude, no. Yeah. It's, it was that feeling uh, at least four or five times in this movie. Yeah, but you totally get the decision every time. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. All right. So let's get into spoilers so we can break it down a little bit more. Yeah. Firing up these spoilers. Spoilers for all of you listening spoilers. to us when you mow your lawns, which is a true thing that really happens. And it's not just my dad, I know. <laughs> spoilers. Have you, what? Have you, have you had more complaints from the Lawnmowers Association or something? <laughs> The Lawnmowers Association. <laughs> Dave, if there is a Lawnmower Association, you know it's basically a glorified Elks Club in America. We don't do shit <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> we just get the, we get the, the, it's just so people can throw parties and feel good about themselves. That's America. 
Um, okay, let's dive into some spoilers here. We don't have to get right to the ending, although I would love to talk about the ending. But let's start. Let's start talking about when this credit card fraud gets serious, which they ease into it when she takes the machine. So I want to start there. She takes the machine home, and you think it's like, oh, okay, well, she's easing into this, and you know that. You know that this isn't going to go well when she is now printing her own credit cards with her own numbers and she's doing the shopping herself. How well do you think that set up the, the things that were going to come later, like as opposed to just jumping off the deep end? You know what I mean? Um, I, yeah, I feel like that was it was necessary work, but it, it slowed it a little. Interesting. Yeah. What do you mean? Like we knew we knew the technicalities of how this was done like they didn't really do, i guess they needed to run it through how to do it so like cuz at that point they were building a little bit of a romance as well so there was yeah. there was that aspect there was some like some business there but i don't know for me that was that if anything that was the only piece of the film that really kind of dragged was when she was going on her own was when he was running it through the machine how the machine worked and all that stuff do you think though i think you you're probably right but don't you think it is fun to know how how simple it is as long as you have yeah. as long it's as you're fine to know how simple it is as long as you have the information like you just have blank credit cards and a, basically a giant label maker yeah <laughs> you know yeah i don't know how they make the ids or the passports but like that's that's okay that's that's a bedazzler a bedazzler is that a porn <laughs> reference get the fuck out of here <laughs> a bedazzler um hilarious and then, okay, so right from there, though, because then, yes, you're right, there is this romance. Now, <coughs> sorry, I think a romance between your only two major characters is, like, the one thing that in indie movies I tend to, like, be questioned about. Because it's like, well, you only have three characters, so at least two of them are going to fall in love with each other. What do you think about the romance in this? I think this worked. Because the romance was associated with an element of danger. Like, the, he was not supposed to get with her. And the, the other guys who were running the swindle, were like, his cousin was not fucking impressed that this was happening so it it added it like the romance fed something it wasn't just romance for the sake of romance that romance fed the danger that then came from them from his cousin and actually led to the events at the end of the film how great was it that this all started from when she stole that fucking car how, yeah how good was that scene because that is, was tense we, that was fucking tense the first tv thing was another one of those is, like, is this so easy and, and i don't really know a giant white van with a lot of tvs in the back and a whole bunch of, like literally it almost looked like somebody had a lawn chair and was like handing out envelopes of money while they show it if you get if you want to be really like, critical dude, I, was, I was in a home depot car park the other day because uh, i was at home depot not for any other reason um and like you look around, there's guys there with like the hood of their car up doing like work on their car. Yeah. And there's all these weird things that go on in these car parks. Yeah. So nobody really bats an eyelid. I mean, while you're committing credit card fraud, maybe it, you maybe you want to keep a lower profile than that. There's probably cameras in the, the parking lot. But at the same time, you don't think about these things while you're watching the movie. So I thought that was pretty good. But then when she steals that car and you have that moment where it's like she didn't. Is, is it worth a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars? I don't know. But <laughs> But she, yeah. she's in. By that point, no. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, you, you mentioned Walter White, which is perfect because we want to know what makes somebody turn. And I yeah. feel like her turning really started not just when she called and not just when her boss, but the boss scene was, was, was quick, but I'm glad they did it that way where he basically yeah. pulled her off the schedule. Like because every, she did yeah, every single person in power in her life was interested in keeping her, putting the foot on her head and pushing her down. Yeah. Like the banks, her boss, 
anyone she went for a job interview with, like that first guy, much as like he did the first guy interviewing it was actually one like the doctor from the Star Trek series Enterprise. <laughs> and I hated him for the first time ever. I was like, you're a fucking jerk. Like he did. He, he like basically pulled a whammy on her and went, okay, well, what are your convictions? And then he had her police record the whole time and he just wanted to see if she'd tell the truth. Okay. I, I should have said and, this sooner. That, that was such a good way of opening this movie. Yeah. Because she's right, even though she has a criminal and even though I, I think they, they brought it up in such a way that was like, if you were starting a business, I have a feeling you listening at home, even though you're rooting for Aubrey Plaza, you probably hope when you start a business, the first person you hire, it's not the first person for this guy, but just go with me on this, is not a criminal. You probably hope that they don't have a criminal background. You probably, or they don't have, um, you know, they, they, they would pass a background check. But at the same time, you don't want to be a dick. This guy was a complete. That, that was fucked up. He was he was an absolute dick about it. Yeah, he was he was like, I'm going to make you pay. Uh, basically, it was like, yeah, you've got these two convictions, and I'm I'm just going to I'm going to judge you. Is it, it's it's that thing. It's the classist thing. It's like I'm going to judge this person because I can because I'm yeah. better than them. Who is she, Jean Valjean? And that, that was that was a, yeah, that was a theme that like came, went the whole way through the film. Well, yeah, and she she's right, and and she, we live in an age of of empowerment, and maybe that empowerment has formed a new version of entitlement but we we nothing's going to change if people in job interviews i just realized there's an imdb trailer that's like flashing on my face so anybody watching the youtube trailer yeah, I, was, has seen I, was, that? I was wondering what was going on <laughs> I, I just haven't prepped here on my anyway um we, li- we live in an age where we want people to stick up for themselves and sometimes that includes in a job interview when somebody knows your background check and they're questioning it now we love it when it's alex jones's lawyer but we, t- <laughs> we, we who knows all of the text messages because he wants you to perjure yourself. I'm not, I'm not buzzing that. But you're under oath. That was hilarious. But it, <laughs> that, was, that was one of my favorite moments of all time. But in this, the, the way that it starts and the fact that she says and something. it's funny because the, the photo t- they took just after that, uh, when, when it happened, it, he looks, you know, on Funniest Home Videos, you see that, that baby that gets hit in the back of the head with the exercise ball. That's the same look I think he had on his face right then. It was like, oh. Are you talking about Alex Jones? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he says, this is your Perry Mason moment. That's funny. <laughs> but anyway, back to this movie. You're right. I, I totally forgot about that, Dave. And you know what it does? It's, it sets up this criminal to be the hero. A little bit. Yeah. It's, it's, she's definitely like anti-hero at best, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like you, it's, it's Butch Cassidy. It's, Ooh. it's that sort of thing. It's like, she is sure she's a criminal, but there's a reason she's a criminal now. Um, and you start to relate to that because like anyone who, like I said earlier, anyone who goes into this, who's gone to university and now has, you know, 40,000 or 50,000, there's this cute list, wonderful little scene, just a throwaway scene through dialogue where she's on the phone and she's like, well, wait, how much, how much are my interest payments on this thing? And it, the, her reaction, it's obviously more than she's earning or capable of paying. So she's never getting out of this loop with what she's got because they won't let her get a better job and she can't afford the payments because a fucking societal predator has her in an endless loop of interest payments. How many movie references can we make on this podcast here? Do you think, um, <laughs> or musical theater references like me? Um, yes, I think you're, I think that's it. And it's, they do such a good job with that where it's like, we obviously we know as soon as she says like that only pays back the interest. And we, we, we all know the stories and even like, yeah. I get the credit card bills all I, I, I register for one credit card and you get mail for the rest of your life. And it's like, right. It's 16.8% interest. If you miss your first payment and it's 20 and it's, you sit there and you're like, wait, all of a sudden my bill goes up 25, a thousand dollars turns into 1250 just because I missed a month. Like it, like the whole thing, it, it just, it's such a mind fuck. And they know we can't do algebra on the fly. They know this. 
And they do it so it, subtly and so interestingly enough. And you know what makes it even worse is when you find out she didn't finish and she still has $60,000 worth of debt. The number is so big, the 60000 it's like you understand why she left early. Also, it was, an, hmm. it was an arts degree, which is ironic because you have the one friend with the arts. Not ironic. It's it's a good choice because you have the one friend who is basically like fucking Seth. Like Seth MacFarlane is an arts degree. So obviously it can get you somewhere, right? Yeah. But like, so the one girl has a one great job. One of my job. degrees is an arts degree. Um, I technically both of mine are, so things are going okay for the moment. <laughs> but I love that where it's like she didn't even finish, and the other person's like, "Oh," and they're kind of like frowning upon it. And it's like, "Did you want her to? What would you rather have? Sixty thousand dollars of debt and arts training, but no degree, or a hundred thousand dollars of debt and arts training and certificate that says you finished? Is that worth the extra forty grand of student debt?" And I, f- I feel like all of those things kind of get asked in a very, but they never in they never. They never interfere with the plot. That's what I think. What do you think? Mm, yeah. They, I mean, they hint on, that's that's what I was saying. Like anyone who's gone through the the university thing with the, uh, like the student loans and everything, it, they will relate to at least one aspect of this film. Um, anyone who's come out of corrections will relate to the other aspect of this film because she does have like a felony assault on her record. And they use that to stick their head and like their foot on their head and push it down. And like, the one person that doesn't, which that, which is that last job interview, which is one of my favorite scenes in the film, yeah. because like, oh, it's so good. Gina Gershon playing the boss is yeah. just, she just nails it. She's like, she starts off all sweet and nice because she's helping this person, and literally asks her to work for free for six to eight months to get the job because this is a very competitive position. Um, so we want you to work for free for six to eight months, despite the fact you have you know seventy thousand dollars in debt um to her credit she ignores the the felony stuff because she knows she has her over a barrel if she wants this gig she's gonna have to take the the six to eight months of no pay and my 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 favorite line in the film is when she freaked like she freaks at her and she tells her to leave and she's like you want to tell me what to do put me on the fucking payroll yeah it's my favorite line in the film because like internships are a fucking scam yeah i'm sorry but they are i mean i couldn't agree i couldn't agree more I, I you could you could say whatever you want about AOC. So, yeah. I think she's great and smart. But when she paid her interns and people were like getting mad at her because they're on the federal budget. If you're on the interns, she's like, the reason that we don't pay people in experience is because experience doesn't pay the bills. And it's yeah. so fucking true. Can you imagine it's, it's six like, months of unpaid work? It's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's like when you you offer an artist exposure. It's like I'm sorry, I can't eat exposure. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I can't. No, yeah. Fuck. I, um, yeah. Who was it? Oh, fuck. I want to say it was um, an, an Aziz Ansari thing, too, that he had said where it was like, ah, um, oh, fuck, it's related to this. It's. It's 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 related to this shit. It's going to come back to me. Um, I'm going to cue the Monty Python theme if you keep saying it. It's 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 fuck. <laughs> it's 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 right along with what we're saying, where it's like people. Oh, oh, I, I remembered it. Good. Thanks for going on this journey with me, folks. <laughs> I was going to get there no matter what. I don't give a shit if it's bad audio. Um, he said something like, if you want to say douchey things because that's your niche, then fine. But you're, you're just going to have a bunch of douchey fans. And I think that's this. Mm. I think that is, is so great for this moment with, with where we are now in society. But it's like, if you want your interns to be unpaid for six months, what it means is you're going to get a lot of entitled people who are either on trust funds or have people paying their rent or, you know, you get people that are inheriting wealth mm. are the only people that are going to be your 
assistance. And if and I just yeah. feel like we're making a shift in society where no disrespect to people, <laughs> no disrespect to wealthy people, but we 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 don't we don't want that to be the only way in, you know. And and I love my favorite line in the movie is also from this interview, which is the that that woman was like there were only men there and i had to start out as a secretary and she was like yeah well secretaries get fucking paid so uh don't boohoo to me you know what i yeah. mean like <laughs> yeah basically what you're saying is like well yeah, I she had pulled to the be- hole back in my day routine and just, well, because but yeah. no matter what no matter how hard it was for you and and yes obviously it was very difficult for this woman to work her way up into the corporate i don't even know what i don't even know what industry it was i'm glad they didn't even say is she a, mm. is she an art it was a design designer firm, I of think. something. Yeah. yeah. Is she in marketing? Who knows? But it's like, yes, it probably sucks. She probably had to marketing. she probably had to deal with a bunch of shit in the eight in the nineties, you know, as the only woman there. But yeah. But if you were a secretary getting paid, that's better than being the intern who has a shot at something, maybe. Yeah. I mean I mean, I think if anything, like coming out of this, I'd like to say to people, like, if you had to work your ass off because you were a woman or whatever and you got your position, that doesn't mean you have to perpetuate that cycle. Can you imagine how awesome it would be to not yeah. To go through that and then sit there and say, just so you know, I had it really hard, but I'm I'm going to pay you to do this and let me know if you need anything. But like, I'm going to be tough with you because I had it hard, but you're going to eat. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would be really cool, but I guess I don't have that perspective, so I can't really follow through on that. Sorry, Dave, mm. you mentioned the ending. So um, let, 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 let's take it from there to the end, because basically that this is crafted in such a way that we get to that point she gets the interview which could be the out on all yeah. of the criminal activity up until this point it could be even the out on the boyfriend he wants out everybody wants that, out of this that's, criminal life that's the walter white watching jesse's girlfriend choke to death sorry anyone hasn't seen breaking bad it's your own fault well though before you start this is good though because walter white admits at the end the thing we already knew which is he liked being the criminal underlord but in this case our main none of our main characters wanted to commit this criminal activity. They wanted to do it as a means to an end to get out. Yes. And sometimes that's bullshit. And sometimes at the ends, you know, the office light with the cubicle sucks and they want to go back to it. That's also kind of like I'm hinting towards the very end of the film, which I would love to discuss with you. But she wants out. This interview happens and then she doubles down. So anyway, yeah. that's my setup for you to talk about the end. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's with the, the discussion with the mother, where it's like, that's where the title comes from. It's again, are you going to be Emily the artist, Emily the what? And you can see in that moment, she becomes the titular character of Emily the criminal. Oh, it made you remember the title? It made you think about the title? Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned the title in the, in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't, that's the name of the movie. They can't cut that. That's Barry. That's a, okay. Um, Tell me, what do you think about what do you think about the ending? By the ending, I mean the, the not just the very very end, which is like the coda of the film, hmm. but the final rules. I thought breaking. that was incredibly realistic. Like she used skills she'd picked up from being robbed. Um, everything she did worked. She's obviously very smart, yeah, um, because she knew how to get everyone out of the house to get in and get this guy. Um, and it was very confusing about like. Because he was, she was like, "Where's the money?" He's like, I, "I don't know what you're talking about. There's no money here." Finally, he tells her where some money is, but they emptied out a whole storage unit. So, did he clean him out, or did he not? Like, did they get robbed by someone else? And this was whole. This whole thing was just a case of like happenstance. Fuck, man. That's yeah. that's the question I have. I don't know. And did she even take all of the money in the fridge? Yes, she, she took the whole take bag. All of it. Yeah. Um, but then it was very interesting to me that normally like in a screenplay, you get the character have like their low point somewhere near the end of, I guess, of act two. Yeah. 
near or the midpoint of Act Two. It's like the all is lost moment or like the the dark times moment. This put it at the end of the film. Like she went down and never came back. But what is her is her low point? Her low point somewhere in there. But is her low point? With the knife at the guy's throat in the bathroom is her low point where she's on the bus with the bag of her money. Low, her, is she low point when she leaves the guy Her with low the car? point is when she decides to do this, pulls it off, and then literally goes to, uh, I don't know, was it Columbia? Not sure. Um, and then basically sets up her own business doing this. And she's fully embraced her identity of what she's become and everything. She she finishes on a low. There's no redeeming this character. Well, like I'm so, and it's a very interesting point to put that at. I'm so glad they didn't show us how much money it is because didn't part of you just hope that she would just like sell pictures on the beach and not do criminal activity? Yeah, and that's what they led you towards. And then they cut to that one final scene. It's like, yeah, this is this is not a happy ending. Like. Of course, no, and, I, and I wherever cannot, she was, I, nobody left when she said, it's illegal, you're going to commit a crime. Is that okay? And everybody's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody had a problem and, with uh, it. Yeah. But it was it was very interesting to have that that arc for that character, like to have the arc literally just in various uh, – it was like a descent um, the whole way through. It's, uh, the only thing I could compare it to is the Joker film. Good. We need some more movie references. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There's a good one. Uh, good. Like where she literally goes down, commits this heinous act. Where like they, I don't. They didn't show anyone die, but I'm pretty sure at least one person died. And then she ends up doing, like taking over the the business and running it from another country. And like this is a whole descent into like a criminal enterprise. Yeah, marketing says her. deadly stuff. We don't really know if either of those two guys died there in that final sequence. Yeah. but um, one. Of, I mean, they both weren't well. She she nailed that guy's liver. They're, neither of them ended up okay. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. Isn't it funny when they when they raided when they got the raid? I should also say that it was also a really cool sequence when she got robbed and you saw that coming when they were up the stairs and you're like, get the fuck in your apartment. Oh yeah, this she gave this, her real the address. Second, yeah. The second, the, well, the second, yeah, the second someone called like called out to her, I was like. Yeah, like as soon as soon as she gave the address, it was like this is not going to go well. She only gave the address because the dog. Scene, this is really well done movie. Yeah, what a yeah, what a really well shot scene too. It was just her on the ground. Everything else is happening around it, but the camera just sticks with her. How how much did and you, you love it when she went? No, 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 no. How much did you love it? And you were like, get the fuck. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, well, at that point, I was still like, which way is this going to go? Is she going to fucking like? Uh, how, well, actually, my first thought was, how the fuck are they getting that dog back? Yeah, because I cared about the dog. Yeah, as, yeah, and because uh, we all do. And it's my wife sitting there. She's like, "Yeah." After I told her what happened, like she's like, she's she went out and fucking nails him and gets the dog back. And she's like, "Yeah, don't don't ever mess with the dog." Did they learn nothing from John Wick? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We love John Wick. Good reference. I was going to obviously reference- obviously uh, Emily the criminal is set in a universe where John Wick never <laughs> happened. <laughs> Oh my god, you're right. I was gonna say it reminded me of this. I think it was the final episode of Girls season one, where she goes on the train and she has a purse and she falls asleep on the train and then she wakes up and her purse oh. is gone. I thought that was like the dog where she was gonna wake, like the dog's gone and she's just like, uh, well, what can I do? But instead, she went, no, 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 and I was like, yeah, yes, no. she's changing the ending for her own thing. I, I, think- I, 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 I would love to know in her mind or in her character's mind at that point what percentage was dog and what percentage was money. Me too. Yeah, And this is the best thing about indie movies is that everything, all of the stuff that we need, like all of the movies, they're, they're hinges. I like to call them hinges. So if this thing happens, it's a hinge, which means that in order for the next thing to happen, 
this decision affects that thing. And an indie movie yeah. needs that. Other other big budget movies can kind of super they, they could do an a plot b plot c plot d plot they can get away with different like configurations of that mm. but with these kinds of movies you have to kind of go in order and one decision will affect the entire rest of the film and i love that there are like 10 of those little nodules along the way in this fucking movie so yeah. i don't have much else there to say about it but like it is an experience watching this movie going through every single decision affects the rest of the film and i mm. I, I thought that was fantastic and i I feel like definitely show it some love at a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but this will not suffer from going to streaming. No, it's going to do well. But Audrey, Aubrey Plaza, you mentioned this, Dave. It was you that said that she produced this, right? Yeah, Evil Hag Productions was one of the production companies. So here's the truth, everybody out there. Her streaming contract and the theatrical contract kind of go hand in hand. So the better it does in the theaters, probably the better it will do in cinemas. If it doesn't do very well in theaters... At this point, she's just hoping to get their money back and her advertising money. They haven't really advertised it much, except for digital, as far as I've been concerned. She's she's done a promotional tour, like she was well, she on a did, couple yeah. of talk shows and stuff like that. Yeah, she probably didn't take very much money up front to make sure this thing got made. But yeah, if you have AMC A list, go see this movie, or at least go swipe your card and pretend like you're saying, "Give us, give us some <laughs> fucking money, people." Yeah. Wait, you've already you're listening to this podcast. I'm hoping you've seen it, but come on, go go tell your friends go if, see this movie. If, if not, I hope us laying out almost everything towards the ending made you want to go and see it. Still, I I just I'm just really happy she didn't die or go to jail. I'm really happy that just yeah. I'm just happy, dude. You just ruined the end of the movie. <laughs> Buzz, get the fuck out of here. I want my bu- I want my <laughs> We're all my buzzer's coming back for next week. I'll drink to that. All right, Dave. Anything else you want to say before we head to our final segment? No, I, I think we've, uh, well, I'm surprised we didn't get gushed all the way through that, to be honest, but, uh, yeah, no, I think we've, uh, summed this up pretty well. I, Definitely go see this. I actually it's, think that's one of, it is something different. And I think that's one of the compliments of the film where this is not the kind of movie where you, if you're gushing about this movie, you're missing something. I think it, it, you really have yeah, to no, sit this movie the, will make you talk. It'll, it might make you a little bit angry too. You'll sit in the murk, the murkiness a little bit and kind of talk your way through it. It's, it's interesting. I've noticed a lot of movies lately actually really make you want to eat the rich. I mean, good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, for one, I'm looking forward to chowing down. <laughs> Bet they're chewy. I hope, um, <laughs> I hope people you work with listen to this podcast. Dave, it's time to get into our final segment of the night, which is, of course, what you've been watching, where we lay out what we've been watching. Dave, you always start. What you've been watching? Sure. Um, we caught Lightyear the other night. Uh, it's dropped on Disney Plus already. Oh my God, your answer is better than mine. I don't know what I don't know what everyone is like talking about. This was fun. It was quirky. It it wasn't a Toy Story film. It was something else, but it had everything you wanted there. I enjoyed it. Do you think it was be- because one thing that didn't help is that it didn't do well for whatever reason. Sometimes this happens. It just comes out on a week that it just doesn't do well. Hmm. And so. It's, I want to say conservative media outlets, but people started assuming why it didn't yeah. do well and they started blaming little moments in the movie. But I don't think that's why they it did. did. I don't think that's why it didn't do well in the theaters. Yes, they blamed a two second moment in the film to disparage an entire film made by thousands of people. And I've, I, imagine most well of those people, I imagine most of the people didn't see the movie. Yeah, no, they just heard about it and started the rhetoric, which is, is sad that people do that, but they do. So that's why you should ignore half the stuff you see, like here, and go and see these things anyway. If it sucks, what do you, what do you lost? Two hours? You're probably going to piss that away watching streaming TV anyway. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Anything else? Um, yeah, season three of Lock and Key. 
has uh, has dropped. And if I hadn't have put it on, my wife would have because she's an even bigger fan of it than I am. And uh, it's it's great. It's great. It's uh, got the lead actress from Coda in it as yeah, well. Yeah. And strangely enough, they make a sing in this season. I don't, I don't know why they're doing that. She's taken a lot of lessons in the past couple of years. So uh, <laughs> amazing. Um, well, I... I've been man, I've been obsessed with this Formula One show on Netflix. So I, it's not the coolest You're answer. Still in the watching world, that? My God! <laughs> still, I watched four seasons in two weeks. I think it's pretty damn good for ten episodes a season. And some of those episodes are fifty minutes long. But this Formula, I think it has high drama. I think it's really, it's like Netflix at its best. It is so well edited. It's so well produced. The storylines are great. So I've, I've been, I've been on a kick, and that's that's pretty much it. Although one of my students said I would do like uh, Indian matchmaking on Netflix, even though I, I'd never watched uh, reality television. But I'm going to shout out my student because I think they're a good student. You, wait, did you say you'd never watch reality television? <laughs> did you tell your student? Are you lying to your students? Okay, during the pandemic. You bastard. During the <laughs> during the pandemic, I, I had my um, you know, I had my I, I took a, I took a deep dive into some of the the content out there. But it's it's been a while since do, I mentioned do, a reality show. Do you show. want me to? Do you want me to go back for next week and just pull all the what you've been watchings? As long as you fix my audio for today, I'll let you do whatever the fuck you, you want. You should have a fucking menagerie. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to be drunk for dinner tonight. I hope you are too, Dave. Thank you, everybody, for listening this far. Those are our recommendations for the week. That is Emily, the criminal, and what we think. We think we should go. you should go see it. And I'm assuming you've already seen it. Please tell your friends to see it. Like, this is really good. Go out there and engage. Talk about it. Dave, anything else? Don't watch reality TV, you fucking liar. All right. That's what you want to finish out with? <laughs> All right. Thank you, film fans. We'll see you <laughs> next week. What are we doing next week? Can we, can we shout it out? Uh, it's uh, We might be doing Samaritan. We'll, um, we'll do Samaritan. This, Let's fucking do it. Yeah, the Sylvester Sloan film. I think Come that on. comes out next week, unless they've shifted it. They're fucking shifting everything else. So At some point, we'll, we'll do Samaritan. Samaritan. All right, we'll see you next week, yeah. film fans. Bye.